Organize Me Radio, episode 62, Holiday Travel. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Organize Me Radio. I'm Naima Ford-Goldson, and today's guest is the host of the Cosmopolite Collective podcast. Please welcome Diana Lauritsen. Welcome, Diana. Hi, Naima. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. This is so fun. I love your podcast. Um, can you tell everyone what is the Cosmopolite Collective? Sure. So it's a podcast that explores culture, community, and diversity through the lens of travel. So there's obviously a very heavy travel component to it, but it's equally just as heavy on the culture and the community and the diversity part. And what we really wanted to do was to highlight people's experiences when they travel. I feel like I've learned so much through my travels, uh, but also certain things about culture that inspire people to travel as well. And the goal is just to broaden people's horizons and to create a community of like-minded people who I are either well-traveled or interested in traveling and expose them to all different facets of, of travel, of culture, of community, of diversity, uh, introducing all different types of guests. Um, you know, the list goes on in terms of who we've interviewed and who we want to interview. Um, so we, we hope to kind of cover every aspect um, and we're always interested in new ideas and topics. I think that's great because I feel like a lot of people when it comes to travel um, are a little nervous just because they don't know, because they don't know the culture, they don't know the language, you mm -hmm. know, they're afraid of, you know, what might happen to them in a different country. And I think it's great that you're bringing these experiences and showing like a different perspective to people to, you know, make us all feel a little bit more comfortable while traveling. What inspired you to start a podcast about travel? Yeah, so I have always kind of had it in the back of my mind. I wasn't sure that a podcast was going to be the platform that I was going to choose to share ideas about travel um, or to inspire people to travel. I really uh, just knew that my life had been enhanced so much by traveling. And so I felt like if I could share some of the experiences that I've had, good and bad, um, and also bring on other guests who have experienced things that I haven't, I could also I could actually learn from their experiences, but also hopefully bring travel to people who are not well-traveled, or as you mentioned, might be a little bit reticent to travel because, you know, the fear of the unknown. Um, once you get through that initial obstacle of fear, it just completely broadens your horizons. And I have met so many people who, some who I've dragged with me um, on their virgin voyages um, <laughs> across the world who didn't really think about travel that much. And now they've been bitten by the travel bug and that's all they wanna do. And we're always talking about you know, planning trips. But I also feel like in this day and age, there's so much that divides us, or at least the perception is that there's so much that divides us. And I feel like exposing people to other cultures, exposing people to perspectives that are different from their own, 
and even, you know, alternative lifestyles, you know, my podcast isn't just about, hey, I went on this trip and it was so great, but it's about the different kinds of people um, basically showing that travel is accessible to everyone and that um, we don't all travel in our own ways. Um, and I learn a lot from my guests about the way that they choose to travel, but also the communities that they form. You know, I interviewed someone about rave culture, someone who literally raves full time and travels and that whole rave culture. I learned so much just interviewing. Um, and I'm really excited about some upcoming podcasts I have where I've actually had to watch documentaries and research before I can even interview them just to get a little more insight into their world. And that alone for me has been enriching. So it was really just the idea that I wanted to make travel accessible to the masses in whichever way that I could do that. And it just so happened that podcasting was the platform that I chose and that hopefully will, you know, my podcast will continue to grow and, um, you know, teach other people about the beautiful, exciting world that we have out there and show that we're more connected maybe than we think we are. And, you know, that there's a lot of love out there and there's a lot of opportunities to unify ourselves through just exposing ourselves to other cultures. So you travel a lot internationally mm -hmm. and domestically. When mm -hmm. did you start traveling so frequently? Um, so, well, I would say that it actually started when I was younger. My mom moved us around quite a bit and people always ask whether it, I, you know, came from a military family and my dad was in the military, but I actually did not um, grow up per se in a military family. We didn't move because of the military. I like to say that, you know, my mom and I and my sisters moved just, I guess we were dysfunctional in some ways. We were always kind of just trying to you know, go where we could afford to live um, and wherever, you know, my mom kind of decided that we were going to live. And so I was always used to being the new kid to kind of having to pack up. And it was difficult for me to put down roots in certain places because I felt like as soon as I settled down, I was going to be uprooted and have to move somewhere else. And so for me, I grew up um, in a road warrior type environment where we were always in the car. We could be going to North Carolina to live there for the summer or just traveling in different places, staying with my mom's friends. It was very uh, unconventional upbringing. So I got kind of used to that transient lifestyle from an early age, but it was mostly road trips and being in the car. And I'm very comfortable, you know, being on the road for days and days at a time because that's kind of how I grew up. Um, but as far as airplane travel, my aunt bought me a ticket to Las Vegas um, when I was in high school. And that was my first time ever on a plane. I think I might've been 16 or something. And um, I was really nervous. I was really scared about being on an airplane. And, you know, I had to really work myself through that flight but then I got to Vegas and, you know, we went shopping, we went to shows, we did all of these things together and I had a lot of fun. And I always looked up to my aunt because she did, she was a travel nurse. And so she traveled all over the country in different positions. And so she would bring me back 
different items from the conferences and things where she traveled. And um, it always kind of inspired me to want to see the world and travel as well. So, um, you know, the airplane travel kind of started in high school. And then I would say that the real, the really big tipping point was after I had graduated from college, um, I was working at a trade association, um, international trade, and I had to get a passport for the job because we did a lot of work with Canada and Mexico. And my boss felt very strongly that everyone had to have a passport in case we needed to, you know, cross the border or or travel at the, you know, um, a moment's notice. And so I started by kind of crossing the border in Arizona when I lived there. And that was fun just going across the border for lunch, those kinds of things. Um, but then um, because I had my passport, a friend randomly said, hey, I'm going to Jamaica. Do you want to come to Jamaica just for the weekend? I've got your plane ticket. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, luckily <laughs> I had a passport and I was like, I'm going to Jamaica. And after that trip, even though it was only a few short days in Jamaica, I it was done for me. I, I was officially addicted to travel and it's been kind of ongoing ever since. That's nice. I can, I can relate, um, to you when it comes to like moving around a lot as a child because so did mm -hmm. I you know uh my parents like we lived in New York Staten Island but we would like move a lot around Staten Island and then when I was 10 my mom up and moved us to Nebraska you know so <laughs> I get it um I enjoy traveling too I don't get to travel as much as you do I would love to travel more maybe when my kids are older I get to travel a little bit more um, than mm -hmm. I do but um, we are currently going into the busiest time of year for travel you know the holidays Thanksgiving season Christmas mm -hmm. um, of course there are other times you know during the year where you know there are holidays and it's busy but uh, I believe Thanksgiving is always the busiest time how do you navigate travel through the busy seasons um, you know, it's interesting. I'm kind of the person who, when I want to go somewhere, I just decide to go and I make it work. Um, but I would say, you know, and when I'm advising friends about travel, you know, when you know that you're going to travel for Thanksgiving, you want to have months in advance to plan your plane tickets. Um, because that's where you're going to find the best kind of rates. I've found a lot of times I've traveled over Thanksgiving many times, but I found that sometimes you get really good deals when you actually travel on Thanksgiving day. And so a lot of times I will book tickets for Thanksgiving day, um, you know, to travel to other countries. Um, that's the other thing too, you know, other countries don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So sometimes that's not as big of a deal um, as it is if you're trying to travel domestically within the United States. But um you know, I would say definitely plan in advance. Uh, a lot of people road trip over Thanksgiving, um, you know, so I would, you know, recommend budgeting gas prices, um, hotels on the way, and just recognize that rates might be a little bit higher during that time. So incorporate that into your planning strategy. But I kind of handle busy season travel the way that I handle, you know, other trips. Sometimes I I travel on the fly, I think with with seasonal travel, you just have to be a little bit more prepared, plan things out and increase your budget a little bit. 
So when it comes to like busy travel, we get, you know, flights that are, are full, right? A lot of people, you might get flight delays or what have you. So recently, a gospel singer who was nominated for a Grammy <laughs> was singing <laughs> on the flight. Uh -huh. And uh, one of the workers on the flight was basically telling her to be quiet, like no one wanted to hear her. Um, what are your thoughts about in-flight etiquette? What do you think about her singing on the flight? Would you have enjoyed that? Would you have been annoyed? What do you think um, yes. she should have done differently? You know, so this situation is a little, I, I would say, just to individualize it a little bit. I happen to like gospel music, so I might actually have been on the flight and been like, yes, girl, sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might have just been really feeling it. So for me personally, that might have been okay for me. Now, if she were nominated for like heavy metal or something that I don't really listen to as much <laughs> and we're going into that, you know, I would probably have different feelings about it. Um, but I do think that when you're on a plane with so many other people, travel for a lot of people is very uncomfortable. You know, I have a friend who said, you know, there is nothing about travel that I enjoy, at least the process of getting from here to there. She doesn't like trains, planes, anything. She just likes to be where she needs to be. And for a lot of people, travel is uncomfortable, especially on planes. You know, people get very nervous on planes. They have phobias. You're cramped in. The seats a lot of times are really small. There's a lot of noise and chaos going on around you. Um, maybe babies crying, maybe, you know, just rude kind of people who have no etiquette when they fly. Maybe they're dirty or they're eating something really smelly right next to you. <laughs> so I try to think about it, you know, in a way of what I would appreciate. I tend to stick to myself when I'm on flights. Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't engaged in really cool conversations with people that I, you know, happen to sit next to on occasion. But sometimes like my flight time is kind of a, not necessarily a meditation time, but it's a time where I put my music in, I reflect, maybe I kind of get my thoughts in order, that kind of thing. And so I would probably be bothered if someone just started singing on the plane. Um, in this case, I'm sure she had an amazing voice just because she's nominated for a Grammy and it was gospel music. Right. But, you know, who's to say that if she's allowed to do that, someone else who thinks they have a great voice <laughs> decides to do the same thing where I probably wouldn't appreciate that. So I think in that situation, I think it would probably be better for her to not be singing on the plane. Unless, of course, you have a private jet or a private plane that you're flying on, then sing to your heart's content. But um as far as etiquette, there are certain things that I appreciate. Um, I like it when people kind of leave me be, you know, other than the kind of like, oh, are you okay? Can, do you want me to put this down? The, you know, the armrest in the middle, that kind of thing. I like to kind of be left alone a little bit. Um, but I think sometimes food People, I've I've had situations where people bring really smelly food and they're just like going to town right next to me. And I get it. They might've been at the airport all day and it might be difficult for them to have gotten a meal in or something. So I try to be compassionate, but my preference is no. Um, 
it can leave a mess, it can spill, it can, you know, those kinds of things. Um, as far as talking on the phone is another thing that drives me nuts when, when I get on a plane and people are just going to town on a conversation and not respecting that you're sitting right next to them and maybe don't want to be clued into every detail of their life at a high volume. And so things like that, it's one thing to say, Hey, you know, yeah, I'll be there, you know, at nine o'clock or something and meet me at the airport or whatever, versus having a full-fledged conversation. I think that's something that, you know, you need to think about. Um, the other thing is seat placement. I've had it happen where people don't get a window seat or something. And I've had many times where customers or, or other passengers will ask me to switch with them. Like, oh, I have nausea or I have to be by a window or I have to do this. And it's like, no, I paid extra for this window seat. Yeah. And I've given up my seat before one time on an international trip um, to the Caribbean. And I was so furious with myself because I was like, I paid extra for that window seat. You know, I was uncomfortable. I, I got that seat for a reason, you know, and I wish I would have been more assertive. And so now it's something I always look back on, you know, try to plan accordingly with your seats if, if, if at all possible. And, you know, ask people if you need to, or ask a flight attendant, but don't put them on the spot and try to pressure them to give you a seat that they might've requested for, for their own reasons. So there's a lot of things I could go on forever about, you know, if you're sitting in a middle seat, whether or not, you know, the person in the middle seat should be able to have both of the armrests or, <laughs> you know, putting, putting your seat back, um, having kids that kick your seat, um, behind you and what your role is, which there's actually another funny video I've seen about that, where a parent just kind of lets their kid uh, <laughs> just start kicking the seat in front of them. Um, there is some etiquette, I think, with parents and and somewhat trying to have the kids behave, although I know that that is a challenge because you can't always get your kids to behave. Oh my um, God, I have stories. <laughs> parent where my kid is kicking the seat he doesn't do it so much anymore but i've had times where gavin will just kick the seat because he stems gavin has autism and he does things that it uh -huh. stems right so that's one of the things that he does and so it's so exhausting because it's like gavin stop stop kicking the seat <laughs> and you know meanwhile the person keeps looking back and it's like i'm sorry i promise i'm trying to get him to stop i'm so yeah. sorry you know so you feel like really bad for that person but you're trying to get them to stop for the parents that don't say anything to their kids i don't know maybe they're just exhausted maybe they let their kids do what they want maybe their kid has special needs too so it's yeah. terrible but when it comes to etiquette okay don't let your kids kick the seat i try not to <laughs> don't eat yes. smelly food yes um don't disturb your neighbor <laughs> yes don't ask for their window seat that they paid for <laughs> and if you are someone that has to go to the bathroom every five minutes get an aisle seat oh, like that's yeah. just considerate <laughs> So I remember one time I was flying when I first moved to Atlanta, I used to fly back and forth to from Atlanta to Omaha all the time because I was so homesick all the time. And I remember one time I was traveling in the summer. And of course, I was young. So I was like wearing flip flops, you know, and 
I, oh my God, it was probably the most uncomfortable flight that I've ever taken because I was sitting next to a woman who was sleeping the whole time and she was like facing me. Like I was in the window seat, but she was like facing me. She had her um, arms crossed. So like she's hitting me with her elbow. I'm like kind of like in the corner, like just <laughs> trying to, you know, my feet were cold. So I had my feet up because, you know, like I, I had them up on, like I guess the area where the air comes out or whatever. Mm -hmm. My feet were freezing. I had to pee really bad. I couldn't get out because the lady was asleep the entire time. Oh um, no. It was just the worst flight ever. Luckily, it didn't take very long because a flight from Atlanta to Omaha is like two and a half hours or something mm. like that. So it wasn't a long flight, but oh my <laughs> God, it was one of the most uncomfortable flights I've ever taken. But you know, I don't think I would have had that issue if I was in first class. Now, what about um, upgrading your flight? How can people get travel upgrades? So a few different ways, you know, obviously you can pay for them, which can be very expensive. Um, I have found that sometimes it's more cost effective to book your regular seat and then right before the flight or, you know, maybe even sometimes the day of, if there's room available, you can actually pay to upgrade. And sometimes it's cheaper than what you would have paid for the actual ticket. Um, just because they're trying to fill those seats before they give it to the folks who get complimentary upgrades. Um, one thing I think is really important that I always advise people to do is sign up for all of the airlines as frequent flyer programs. Now, even if you don't fly a lot, that's fine. But I literally have a frequent flyer program um, with almost, I mean, with so many airlines, just even some that I barely fly. Because if I fly them, sometimes, you know, airlines have partners with other airlines. So if you're flying, you're able to get points for your flight um, on, say, Delta, if you fly like Air France or something like that. So I would say sign up for the frequent flyer programs um, because those those points add up. And even if you don't get upgraded automatically, um, you know, even though they do count towards your priority status, you still might be able to use them to um, get enough points to upgrade on a flight or to get, um, like I know Delta had something where if you have points, you can take money off of a, a particular flight. So you can book your ticket and then use your points to take off like $100 off your flight or something like that, or use it to pay for an upgrade. Um, into like Delta Comfort or first class. Um, the other thing is to pay attention to travel alliances. So there's, you know, Sky Team Alliance, the Star Alliance, so many different alliances that you want to pay attention to because oftentimes you're not always able to fly on the airline that you would prefer, but you might be able to find a good ticket on one of the partner airlines and you're able to earn points with your preferred airline if they're in the same alliance. Um, and so it's always important to, like I said, sign up for the frequent flyers and pay attention to that. Um, I like to use the frequent flyer um, miles because once you are the, the frequent flyer programs, because even if you're at the lowest level, say that you're like the silver level, a lot of times I get upgraded, even if it's an airline, I don't fly that much, but I might've made it to the silver level. 
I can, you know, be taking a regular flight that maybe isn't that full and I'll get automatically upgraded and get to be in first class. So I always think that's important and something that's super easy that people overlook. The other thing that you can do are, you know, is um, apply for the travel credit cards. So I have travel credit cards. There's a lot of good ones, Chase Sapphire. I happen to use the Amex Platinum card um, because it works for any airline. You get five points or five times the points for any airline that you, um, any ticket that you book. And you also get miles if you book through Amex Travel and book hotels through Amex Travel. So there's a lot of really good Capital One, like I said, Chase Sapphire, Amex Platinum. There's a lot of different travel cards that the airlines have through, um, you know, Chase or Amex where you can earn miles just on everyday purchases. And those miles really add up. I think I have like almost 400,000 miles on one of my travel cards that for some reason, I'm always saving it thinking like, I'm not going to use it now. I'm going to pay for it now and then use them later. Um, but it's it's so helpful because you can use that towards hotels. You can use it towards you know flights, sometimes even cruises, those kinds of things. So uh, travel credit cards are definitely a, a way to go. What is your favorite way to travel? Do you have... Um a specific airline that you love? Do you have a specific car rental place that you use often? Yeah. So I'm not a big car rental person. I've had to rent cars before, but not a big, even when I go to other countries, sometimes just because like they drive on the other side of the road um, or, you know, whatever the mechanics are in that country. Um, or it's just sometimes in the Caribbean where it feels like there's no rules at all to the road and you can just like drive on a median and be fine. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've, I've seen some scary things in, in the Dominican Republic, you know, I've, <laughs> you know, a lot of people drive on the, the motos and, and, mm. you know, the, those things. And so I don't really like to drive a lot in other countries unless I have somebody with me who wants to volunteer. Um, plus if I want to have an adult beverage or two, I don't like the responsibility of, of having yeah. to drive. Um, <laughs> but I, I prefer to fly actually, even though I used to get so anxious flying, that's my favorite mode of transportation. And probably my favorite US domestic airline is Delta. Um, I I really like it. I feel like the um the service is good. The planes typically are are better. Um and you know, I know a lot of other airlines are going through upgrades and things, but I tend to have less delays on Delta. Uh, when I fly United. I tend to have delays all the time where I'm, I'm, I just flew a United flight to Chicago and I had, you know, a six hour delay on the way there and like a nine hour delay on the way back. And it just can totally throw you off course. So, um, I, I prefer tra uh, airline travel, um, and with Delta now international airlines, there's a lot of different ones. I've wanted to fly like the Emirates airlines, you know, one of the, the planes that have like the, you know, the upstairs or the bar in there and a lot of different things. I, so far I haven't gotten to do that and especially haven't gotten to do that first class. Um, but it's, it's on my roster. So I, I spend a lot of time reading articles about different airlines and what their different classes of, of travel on the plane entail. Um, so I can kind of make, make a, a bucket list of what I want to do. Um, I do like road trips though. 
Yeah. I think even just going back to the college days, I'm, I love being in the passenger seat in a car controlling the music. If you remember <laughs> from our college days, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved to, you know, be the DJ in the car. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll drive on, you know, in the U S and on road trips, but I love to be in the passenger seat, just kind of riding and, and, you know, I'll go all over, um, in a car that way. So that's probably my preferred. We had many good times going from Omaha to Lincoln and during mm -hmm. college mm -hmm. just to go to a party and then going yeah. back to Omaha after we went to the party. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, memories. I love it. What yeah. about um, packing? How do you, you travel so often? How do you pack efficiently? What can people do to pack efficiently? So luggage matters. Uh, it's important that you find luggage that suits your travel needs. Um, if you are a frequent kind of business traveler, you definitely want good carry-on luggage. Um, you want, you know, for me, I have to have luggage that has four wheels. Um, it's like a must have. I, I still sometimes go to airports and I see people that have like the suitcases that only have like the two wheels or the whatever. I can't do that. I have to be able to push the whole thing. Um, and I've have quite a few away suitcases, but I also recently just bought a soul guard suitcase, which has a closet within the suitcase. So you literally can pack the closet and then scrunch it up, put it in the suitcase. And then when you get to the hotel, you can hang it up where you would hang up your clothes and the whole closet is just there um, hanging. So it's a really cool suitcase oh, that really I just cool. found. I just tested it out on a trip to Nashville last week um, and I was impressed with it. So I also bought the book bag. The book bag also has a closet within it as well. Um, which works for shorter trips. So um, I'm always on the lookout for really great luggage, ones that last a long time, ones that are lightweight, because I tend to overpack at times, especially if I'm not as prepared. So the lightweight luggage is really helpful. Um, packing cubes are something that I I've I use. I was using them ineffectively before. I was just stuffing things in them and then throwing them in my suitcase. And I've learned that there's an art to packing cubes. Uh, and I recently on a trip to Europe a few months ago, I had bought compression packing cubes, which are really helpful. You put your, you can fold your clothes and then they compress. So it kind of flattens your clothes. Um, have a plan with your packing cubes. So don't just throw all different kinds of things into one cube. I like to separate it by like shirts, pants, you know, undergarments, those kinds of things make it easier. Jewelry, you know, whatever the case might be, I categorize mine and that's helpful. Um, and then uh, I do have friends that use the vacuum sealers. I personally haven't used those, but I, I think that they actually really do work. I just am too lazy to go through the process of doing like the vacuum seal. But on long trips, particularly international it can be very helpful to be able to cram a lot in. Just be careful when you're packing because sometimes when you use a lot of compression type packing or um, vacuum sealers, you end up packing a lot of stuff and fitting a lot of things in, but you have to be conscious about the weight of your suitcase um, because that can be very costly. It's almost cheaper to bring another suitcase than it is to have 
an overfull, you know, single suitcase with the, the fees that they charge. So, um, definitely big into things that have helped me section and compartmentalize my travel. The other thing is packing styles. I tend to do like the military roll. I always call it like the sushi rolling, but I think it's military style rolling where I pack everything into, um, I roll things up and put that in. It doesn't always work as well with the compression cubes. Um, but I'm, I'm always experimenting on the best ways to pack. And I watch YouTube videos, you know, I'm always looking online. I think when you're a traveler, you're constantly evolving. And so you have to stay up on industry trends the same way that you would a job or any other kind of a hobby or, or passion or interest. You've got to stay up on what the trends are. Um, and, you know, I've noticed that I've evolved quite a bit from the days when I was flying to Jamaica for a weekend. Um, so I've, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it at this point. So that's really, really good information. Some really good products that you mentioned there. Do you have any other um, travel items that you can't live without? Do you have any favorite organizing products that help you like when you're preparing to go on a trip? I don't know if you remember when I interviewed you for my podcast, I had kind of mentioned that I was going on a trip and I literally had three different suitcases like strewn open in my living room and piles of stuff. I tend to be a procrastinator when it comes to traveling. And for someone who travels as much as I do, you would think that I pack you know, a week in advance. I do have trips sometimes where for me, I'm a big list maker. And so when I went to Thailand for my birthday last year, I actually made a list where each day that I was there, I had like a day outfit, a going out outfit at night, a swim outfit, that kind of a thing. Um, I keep a list of things that I always need to pack, like chargers, medications, um, travel converters, you know, um, electricity converters, depending on the country that I'm going to, um, safety devices, if, if need be, those kinds of things that I always want to remember to pack. Um, so I'm really big into lists. I do use some apps. For me, um, one app I use is TripIt. It helps me organize all of my trips so that it gives me reminders and it will say like your trip is 29 days away and um, it'll tell me the, you know, the time I'm leaving and it puts it all into this nice kind of portfolio of, of trips and I can add my hotels to the reservations and everything. So it lets me know when I'm checking in and when I'm checking out. And it's just really helpful to have all of my travel information in one place at the, you know, the, with the touch of an app. So that is probably one item that I've learned um, that I can't really live without anymore. I've become very dependent on using travel apps um, and also a currency converter. I always have a currency converter app um, and uh, I use it frequently in the different countries to find out how much money I'm, you know, I need, um, especially when I'm going to like an ATM or trying to figure out, um, 
you know, I tend to spend more money sometimes when I'm international because the money doesn't feel real. It feels like, oh, everything is so cheap here. Here's 3000 bot or something, you know? And then I look back and I'm like, ooh, should I have done that? Or <laughs> I really tipped a lot or, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, and then Google Translate is always helpful. If you're traveling internationally, it's a good tool for me. It's not really an organizing tool, but it's a good tool for me to be able to, um, communicate things or have people be able to read something if I um, am in a pinch and, and need help when I'm abroad. Okay, that is some really good information. Are there any final tips you'd give for people who are um, traveling this holiday season? I would say be prepared, whether you're traveling by air or whether you're traveling by car. You definitely want to get a pulse on what the travel situation is looking like. So if you, you know, a lot of times I'll watch the news and I'll find out that like certain airports are having a lot of delays or something happened, you know, keep those types of things in mind when you're traveling. Um, plan to spend more money. So adjust your budget accordingly. Um, traveling during holiday seasons is often more expensive. So plan accordingly in that way. Um, I also think that you should be prepared for delays, particularly, you know, when you're flying by air, there's a lot of delays with so many people traveling and that can completely throw off your entire itinerary. So if you really need to be somewhere, say you're traveling and you're, you want to get to a wedding or something like that, you might want to plan accordingly when you're booking your, your, you know, arrival time because I've had it happen where I've had to miss things because I didn't count on seasonal delays that um, you really have to take into consideration. And then one thing I wanted to mention that I don't think I took advantage of as much as I should have, I used to always think that I would pick a destination and then travel there. And there is a site, it used to be called Scott's Cheap Flights. It's now called going.com. And I sign up for it um, and I actually pay for the premium one um, because it lets you know about upgraded flights and things like that. But you can sign up for it for free. And it's a site where it will bring you, it'll send you emails and tell you all of these different deals for traveling. So it might say like, oh, wow, there's a, you know, a trip to Portugal that you can go to out of these airports for $500 round trip or something like that. And I think sometimes for holiday travel, people always just kind of pick a destination and then decide that's where they're going. And if you're going to visit family, that makes sense. But if you use a site like going.com, a lot of times you can book holiday travel really cheap on different destinations that you never would have even thought of before. Um, and really kind of opened my eyes to different places where I was like, oh, okay, I've, I've never even heard of this place, but this sounds like a lot of fun. Let me let me go there. And they've got really good information about things to do there, as well as like um, uh, tips that the people who booked the flight or who found the flight have to say about the country. So it's just a really informative site. Um, but if you're not dead set or you don't have to plan your destination. Um, if there, if you've got some wiggle room there, I would recommend using some sites like going.com where it can really broaden your horizons. Um, so definitely would want to check that out. And then um, lastly, I would say 
look at sites like Lonely Planet um, and TripAdvisor for when you're traveling. If you're staying in different hotels, it's really helpful to be able to read reviews of the places that you're going to help anticipate any issues if there's a hotel that's going through renovations or maybe there's bed bugs or maybe it's the most amazing like hidden gem that you never would have th thought to look for. Um, take advantage of sites like Lonely Planet and TripAdvisor. They're really helpful. And TripAdvisor actually offers another site. I think it's called Viator.com where you can book excursions through there. And it was really helpful for me in Europe. I booked a lot of my excursions through that site. And it was really um, convenient. So um, just do your research, plan ahead, and anticipate um, issues, and you should be fine. So I feel like this is like the best travel advice I've ever been given. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, because there are so many good little gems that you've just given to us. So um, you are so much more than a travel nista, though. Um, you've done a lot. Can you tell us what your greatest, um, what's your greatest achievement professionally or with your podcast? My greatest achievement, um, I would say, you know, I'm learning more and more about myself as I get older. And I would say one of my greatest strengths is that I'm very resilient and one of my greatest achievements, I think, was overcoming um, some pretty hefty obstacles in my formative years and being able to, you know, get a full ride scholarship to Creighton University, pursue my studies um, and uh, really kind of break down a lot of the expectations that I think people had about where the direction of my life was going to go based on my upbringing and um, some of the things that I struggled with when I was younger or situations that I had been put in. And so I have to say, you know, those experiences really shaped my drive and my ambition and um, my motivation to be successful. And I owe a lot of of who I am today to what I went through and what I overcame. So for me, that is the biggest accomplishment because without that resilience, um, I would not have started a podcast. Um, I would not have, you know, went to college and pursued two master's degrees and, um, you know, started a consulting business and, you know, done a lot of the things that I've, I've been able to do in my life. And so, um, I'm definitely grateful and appreciative to people that were involved in my life. My aunt Diane that helped me get to where I'm at and a really supportive network of, of friends. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's what I'm the most, um, proud of. Diana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I feel like we've learned so much about you. Can you tell everyone how they can find out more information about you and about your podcast? Sure. So you can go to our website, www.thecosmopolitecollective.com. And we're also on Instagram and YouTube at The Cosmopolite Collective. And you can find us under the same name on Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to um, your podcast. So um, I hope that you know, everyone um, takes a moment and maybe checks out our podcast or our website and um, you know where to find us. 
Thank you all for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for an all new episode. Thank you.